This episode is brought to you by Magic Spoon. Uh, so I got a box of four different Magic Spoon cereals in the mail this week, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry, and it was uh, the highlight of my week. When I was a child, I was only allowed to eat nice cereal on the weekends because in those days they hadn't figured out how to make cereal both nice and healthy yet. Uh, so the past few days I've been able to defy my parents and delight my child at the same time just by eating Magic Spoon's amazing frosted flavor, which reminds me of the only two days out of every week that I was ever truly happy as a boy. Um, now, it doesn't say this in the copy here, uh, which is honestly a little bit irresponsible, um, but in the interest of safety, I do want to just kind of spell out for everyone uh, that you shouldn't just open every box you come across just because sometimes there's nice cereal inside it. Uh, for instance, the Lament configuration is also a box you can find. Uh, based on the very few Hellraiser movies I've seen, sometimes you have to spend a lifetime looking for it, but sometimes it's just hidden in the floorboards of your attic. And if you carelessly open that box, you will be introduced to a world of pleasure and pain beyond anything the human mind can imagine. Um, so I want to be really clear here. If you're certain that what you have is a magic spoon delivery box, do open that. It tastes amazing, it's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. Uh, but if you think there's any chance at all that the box you have might be the Lament configuration from Hellraiser, don't open that. It doesn't taste like anything, and usually Pinhead and an army of ill-begotten abominations called Cenobites will come out of it and pull you into a labyrinthine dimension of torment and agony. Go to magicspoon.com slash babysitters to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code babysitters at checkout to get free shipping. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product that it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash babysitters and use the code babysitters for free shipping. Uh, we want to thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring the podcast. And again, just so it's absolutely crystal clear delicious boxes of breakfast food that will take you back to your childhood yes diabolical puzzle boxes that will open a portal to an army of extra-dimensional beings who will mercilessly flay your flesh no be safe out there in 86 anna martin wrote the first book of what became a uh, welcome to the I Babysitter's don't. Club Club. I don't like it. Little Sister, Little Episode. It's a Little Sister, Little Episode. This is a um, Little Sister episode where we talk about the series of books by Anne M. Martin, tracking uh, Karen Brewer. I don't like it when you take charge well, the, of the podcast. This is, no, this is my, the Little Sister's Little Episodes are my time to shine. I know. Um, I'm Tanner Greenring. And the... I'm Jack Shepard. And we're here to talk to you about Babysitter's Club, colon, Little Sister, book number two, Karen's Roller Skates. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't even know how to do it when I'm not the Christy. Oh, man. We got such a good email this week. <laughs> Someone put you on blast. Someone put me on blast. They emailed us and they said, hey, guys, Jack's a Christy. <laughs> hey. He's, he's bossy. Uh. This was probably his idea. <laughs> And Tanner's a Claudia, which I take issue with. She was I, just essentially saying I'm dumb. She was just kissing up to you, I thought. Anyway, we're here to talk to you about Karen Brewer. Yeah. Tell why why are we doing this? Why do we do these? Why do we I I just feel like it's better when Doesn't I matter. am taking the lead. Doesn't matter on why the we're podcast. doing it. We're just doing it. Can I interview you? Yeah, please interview me. 
Tanner. About my visionary podcast, yeah. uh, Babysitter's Club, colon, Little Sister. Uh, I will. Do we record these episodes fresh, or did something happen before we recorded the episode? No, we record these episodes after we've recorded a full-length version of our podcast, The Babysitter's Club Club. So would you say that we're like little Jackie Radowskis who jump backwards in time? Yeah, these these podcasts kind of go out whenever we uh, feel it's necessary. Right. And this is important. Yeah. It's more of a disclaimer. Mm-hmm. Um, we have been drinking. Yep. So these episodes tend to be a little more... A little looser. Loosey-goosey. A little looser. Jack uh, Shepard. Yes. When we record mm-hmm. our hit podcast, mm-hmm. The Babysitter's Club Club, mm-hmm. there's a segment in which you describe the plot of the book. Right. In one sentence, and it takes you five sentences. Uh-huh. In Little Sister, Little Episodes, <laughs> I hold you to one sentence. Right. Jack Shepard. Yes. Can you... In one sentence. In one sentence, no semicolons, mm-hmm. describe to me mm-hmm. and the baby nation right. the plot of the book, Babysitter's Club, colon, Little Sister, number two, Karen's Roller Skates. Karen Brewer's dreams of being a world-class athlete are crushed. After a horrific accident. Okay. Full stop. <laughs> Full stop. <laughs> Little sister number two. I um I think that's about right. I expect <laughs> so much. What's the opposite of brevity? <laughs> when you started talking, yeah. I like looked down. <laughs> Stop paying attention. Started like peeling the label off my beer. Mm-hmm. It was caught totally off guard by the fact that you... You took me actually, to task last time, and the last little sister, you fucking put me on blast. about time someone did. <laughs> Tanner, you're the boss of this episode. Yeah, let me tell you what I'm about to do. Okay, you're going to tell me... In the Babysitter's Club Club, Ugh. I get 60 seconds to describe the plot of the book. Uh-huh. In Babysitter's Club Club colon Little Sister... Little Episodes. Little Episodes. Yeah. I get 30 seconds. And I just put the 30 seconds on the clock, and you just do it, right? Yep. All right, Baby Nation, Tanner is now going to describe in 30 don't, seconds. Don't read. No, you don't get to set it up. It's Start so the difficult for me. Babysitter's Club, Little Sister, Episode 2, Tanner, 30 seconds. Let us begin now. Okay, Karen Brewer has roller skates. She breaks her wrist trying to jump over two coffee cans. Mm-hmm. She gets a cast. She immediately starts a competition with... Someone else, a little boy in her school, who Ricky, who also breaks his ankle to see who can get the most autographs and the autograph from the most famous person, she gets uh, Morbid of Destiny's autograph. That's it. That's all that happens. Did I do it? 30 seconds. Yes! <laughs> Fuck you, Jack Shepard. Wow. <laughs> it's not a competition. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Fuck you, you Jack Shepard. <laughs> you got it done. We got a lot. That we need to get into. This was a a little book. It was short. Anna Martin keeps it short, but goddamn, did she pack a lot into these eighty pages? Oh man, fucking hell! Hell yeah! Ugh. Um. Well, you're leading the charge, man. You, why don't you say what you want to talk about? I got a lot that I want to talk about, but you're leading the charge. You want to you want to fucking bring me in here, boss? Uh, um. All right. Yeah. So Karen Brewer mm-hmm. breaks her wrist. And needs to go see a haunting new figure. Oh yeah, in Stony Brook. Yep, called the Bone Doctor. The Bone Doctor. Um, and he actually is just a, kind of a, a bone doctor. Yeah, he sounds scary. 
Bo- Bone Doctor sounds like a kind of a scary lab- label. Let's get into what he does. Like, she goes to the hospital, and she's like, what are we going to do? And then they're like, no, we're going to take you to the Bone Doctor. Now you'll see the Bone Doctor. And she's like, what's the Bone Doctor do? And he just says, we need to see if your bones are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, there's a lot of scary people in this book. Yeah, I got captured another one. Did you capture this one as well? The dog catcher. Oh, yeah, the dog catcher. The dog catcher. So uh, Karen, once she breaks her little wrist, she wants to get her cast signed by someone famous. Right, the most famous person she can find. And because the she meets this other kid in the hospital waiting room who has broken his ankle. And he's right. like, oh, my dad knows a famous baseball player who's going to sign my cast. Right. And Karen's like... When we go to school tomorrow, I'm not going to be the, like the asshole who has the least famous people signing my cast. Right. So she goes around asking everybody if they know a famous person. And she gets a lot of Stony Brook big shots. She gets um, Shannon the dog. Yeah. And Boo-boo, she's the cat. Yeah, she gets a lot of animals. But she goes over to the Papadakis' house, and she says, like, hey, guys, uh, do you know a famous, uh, any kind of a famous person? Right. And Hanny... Her best friend says, nope, I don't know anyone. And then Mr. Papadakis comes over, and he just looks at her, and he goes, I know the dog catcher. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and she just, like, she quickly, like, dismisses it. Like, oh, no, no, thank you. Um, No, thank you. (laughs) Don't need the dog catcher's autograph. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There was also another terrifying figure, Jack. Yeah. Mr. Tasty. You caught it, too. The ice cream man. Mr. Tasty. The ice cream man. And Mr. Tasty. Yeah. Who they... All, all of the young kids, yeah, of Stony Brook, including Hanny, Karen, and all the um, Kilborns, yeah, refer to to his face exclusively as Mister Tasty. Mister Tasty, they're yeah. convinced that's his real name. Uh, Karen says, "Mister Tasty, Mister Tasty, you're the most famous person I know. Will you sign my cast?" Yeah, and he says, "Yeah, of course." And he he come, gets out of his truck and he finds a pen. Okay. He writes. To Karen, one of my best customers, best wishes, Roger Jones. Yeah. And she says, well, who's Roger Jones? Yeah. And he says, well, I'm Roger Jones. Right. I don't like, in, first of all, in Little Sister books and in any Babysitter's Club book where Karen Brewer shows up, she's always pitted against forces of evil. She, right. doesn't, have, she doesn't have guardian angels looking after her. Sorry, I disagree. Okay. I think she does have a guardian angel Please. looking after her. I think she has someone who is carefully protecting her from evil forces. Yeah. Doing things like putting powerful enchantments on her cast. Okay. Etching these uh, runes of protection. You're talking about her dad? No. Okay. I'm talking about her protector. Yeah. Her silent guardian, Morbid of Destiny. Oh, I will not. So, Baby Nation, Little Sister Archipelago. Sorry? Little Sister Island. Yeah. Something smaller than a nation. Yeah. <laughs> like feudal state? Little Sister. Little Sister Island. Morbid of Destiny is the witch who lives next door to Karen. Right. And she is unequivocally an evil force in these books. Not necessarily. She is, and, like, I'm not, I just can't, cannot count. I think Anna and Martin wants you to think she's an evil character, <sighs> but I think she's protecting Karen Brewer, and I think she is f- shaping this young, talented, sort of inherently magical being 
Karen Brewer yeah. into being a powerful witch someday. Um, and she, but she needs to keep her distance. But Karen, in order to kind of prove how brave she is and get the most famous person she knows autograph, right, goes over to Morbid Destiny's house. It's badass. It's so fucking brave. She's like, I like, I need to get a famous person to compete with this kid Ricky, who's getting a baseball player. And she's like, who's the most famous person I know? There's a literal fucking evil witch who lives next door. I'm gonna go over. Right. It's so brave, and she brings poor Hanny. Like Hanny is such a funny character. In these books, because Henny's like, are you serious, Karen? Right. Like, your plan for the day, like, she was like, let's play jump rope. And Karen's like, no, let's go to a witch's house. Yeah, let's go back. Let's go back. <laughs> we uh, have to go back. And to get her cast signed. Destiny obliges. Yeah. yeah. And signs Karen's cast. Yeah. With her true name. Yeah. Tab- she reveals her true name. Yeah. Which, as you know, yeah, now gives Karen power over her. Yeah, I agree with that. I will grant you that. Tabitha Porter. Tabitha Porter. Next to that was a drawing of a black cat. Yep. A black cat. Why had she drawn that? What was it? A spell? Maybe it was an awful sign that would attract other witches. What a horrible thought. You know what a black cat is, Jack? It's an awful sign that will attract other witches. In witch tradition, a black cat is said to double any spell's power. Okay. And that you can learn more magic from a black cat than you can from any other witch. Where are you learning this from? This is on witcheslore.com. Oh, shit. Yeah. Cats also help with divination. Yeah. Well, dude, like, this plays exactly into my hands. She's like, that's not good. No, that's great. I think what Morbid Destiny is doing is cultivating, nourishing this magical instinct Inside of Karen Brewer. I had such a different take. I had such a different take on the things that were written on Karen's cast. Man, and a lot of weird-ass shit is written on Karen's cast. Like, Morbid of Destiny writes what I think is a spell that is dangerous. She's trying to double her magic. You saw it. You read it on witcheslore.com. It's fucking, it's essentially might as well be written. No, she's lending her magic powers to Karen. No, she's not. She's trying to fucking, like, she's protecting her from the the bone stripper and from the dog man. Morbid Destiny hates Karen. The only thing that's keeping Karen alive right now is what was written on the cast by Karen's dad. Okay. He writes on her cast an eye of Horus. Okay. No, he doesn't. Okay. He okay. draws I'm not gonna I'm not gonna poke holes in this. I'm just gonna let you get there. He draws a picture of an eye of Horus. Yeah. It's just an eye. Then he writes an A mm-hmm. and then he has a door, which signifies a door between worlds. Mm-hmm. And then he has a U. Yeah. Right? I adore so the, you. It's a pictogram. I adore you. The Eye of Horus, as you probably know, wards off evil. Yeah. Um, and it also signifies the waxing and the waning of the moon. Uh, but the restored Eye of Horus, uh, who lost his eye in an epic battle in, the, in Egyptian mythology, right. the restored eye symbolizes renewal of order from chaos and it implies health. So yeah. it's, it's, like, it's essentially to ward off... Um, the morbid destinies of this world and to no, fix it's to ward off her. the bone strippers. They don't know it, but Watson right. Brewer, I agree with you. Watson is trying to protect Karen. Yeah. And that is likely an eye of Horus. Yeah. But I think it's it's Harry Potter, man. It's the Watson Brewer's Dumbledore. Yeah. Morbid Destiny is Snape. 
Yeah. You th- you want to believe that Marvel Destiny is bad all along, but it turns out she's yeah. been protecting Karen this entire time. Right. She's working with Watson Brewer, maybe. Yeah. Well, I don't know. The, like this to me is as strong as it gets. It's an I, an A, a door, and a U. Yeah, I adore you. Best Fiends is a free-to-download, casual, mobile puzzle game with literally yep. thousands of levels that is boredom's yep. worst nightmare. And yep. uh, if you guys don't remember, Tanner and I have been engaging in a friendly competition yep. uh, between my group of fiends, uh, the Jack's, Jack's jerks, Jumping Jerks, Jack's jumping jerks. and Tanner's Tiny, Tiny Ticklers. ticklers. Yep. Um, and up until now, we've had some difficulties because while I have been playing through the game at quite a clip and advancing uh, and binging on the game and advancing mm-hmm. from level to to level uh, and enjoying more levels, events, and challenges that are added all the time. Um, Tanner, you've tended to have trouble um, getting your phone started. My phone wasn't working, but yeah. I have gotten it to work, Jack, okay. and I've, I've, I feel like I've caught up with you in Best yeah. Fiends. Um, okay, that's great to hear. I'm really I'm, I'm here to engage with you on it and, and talk about kind of our experiences playing the game. I do love the game. I just had a lot of phone troubles up until now. Okay, well, I'm glad but you're now back. But I'm, now I'm embracing it. I'm playing it. I'm having so much fun with it. I love it. Okay, well, I'll start. Uh, so one of my experiences playing the game that I really enjoy is um, I really like picking which fiends to use and oh, upgrading them that. and c- building a crack team as I go through the levels. My favorite is Mordecai. Okay, that's not one. It's my favorite fiend. What level are you on, Jack? I am somewhere in the 40s. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And yourself? Seven thousand. Well, okay, that's a lot. They do have thousands of levels, uh, and they do have updates 000. all the time, so you can keep at playing least as 70, much as you 000. want. Yes. So yep. that's what level I'm on, and I am having a fun with it. It's me, it's Mordecai. Yeah. It's um, Okay, that's not one of them. Well, maybe it's in the later levels. It's but, and, you haven't got there yet. Uh, it says here, what makes you want to keep at it? That's a good thing. For me, it's just, it's binge-worthy, and it's like, it's bite-sized. You can just play like a little bit for like 10 minutes uh, when you've got, when you're waiting for the something, whatever. To me, it's the feeling it gives me, if you know what I mean. No. Oh, just binge-worthiness. It feels so good to play. Yeah. And uh, when do you play? Only at night, baby. Okay. <laughs> Great. Perfect. Um, Only at night. Okay, perfect. I'm starting to think that you still have not been able to get your phone started. I I really want to play more. <laughs> yeah. Jack, I do love the game. It's very fun, and we yeah. were competing, but I have so many phone problems. Is it possible that you're f- holding your phone upside down? Tried that. Yeah. Okay. You know you can hold your phone sideways, too? Yeah. <laughs> And I tried that as well because someone I was I was on the forums. I've been in touch with the makers of Best Fiends, and I just I, this is not their fault. I can tell you this is not their fault. And the phone. game is so fun. Yeah. I'm so interested in playing. Yeah. Okay. Have you tried turning your phone on? Oh, there's a button on that usually on the side. What do you mean on? Forget it. Uh, download Best Fiends free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. Holy That's shit. friends without the R. Best this thing just lit up. Fiends. Okay. Well, this is great. Whoa. That's a lot of <laughs> notifications. <laughs> and the, like the other, like the, I adore you. 
It's an I and A. Yeah, exactly. An I and A, a door and a U. And the like the A and the U, if you like if you know even a smattering of Greek, alpha, upsilon, A and U together means a new, a fresh again. It means renewal. Okay. And the door, and this is this is pretty significant for me, and I think that this is like this is kind of the crux of this. The door to me is a door between worlds, which is somehow opened up. And that I that I think that, that Watson is trying to close for Karen. Did you notice how when Karen talks about how she fell over and broke her wrist, like every time she talks about it, she has a different memory as yeah. if of a parallel universe where yeah. it was like slightly different. Yeah. Like the first time she talks about it, she's like, oh, I broke my wrist because I jumped over – Two cans on my roller skate, right? And, and then I like turned, turned around, around and, and fell, like, fell over. Yeah. And then the second time she talks about it, she's talking to Hanny, and she's like, "Oh, I I jumped over four cans and I did a like spin in the air, right? And then I fell over." And then the third time she talks yeah, she about tells, it, she tells the story over and over again. By the end, it's ten cans. She right. did a triple flip. Yeah, she landed it perfectly. Right. And then there was a caterpillar and all of her baby caterpillars, right. and she had to jump over them too and right. biffed it. Yeah. And broke her wrist. Why is she remembering these different but similar parallel universes? I think that a door think between she's stepping through doorways. A door between worlds has been open. And what Watson does when he writes on her cast is he closes those doors. Okay. Well, it could be the case that this is Morbid of Destiny doing maybe you're right. Maybe Morbid of Destiny is fucking with the time continuum. Which is something she's capable of doing, we discovered right. in this book. They, The kids, the Kilborns and the Brewers yeah, and Hanny all see her out in her garden collecting herbs at one point. Yeah. And Karen says, I bet she's gathering herbs for a spell. Right. What kind of spell, asks Andrew, his voice trembling. I don't know. Something awful. Maybe a spell to take away Christmas. Oh, which is yeah. something she's capable of doing. I looked it up. Um, well, and this is like you were fucking talking earlier about Morbid of Destiny as being like a force for good. She's literally working on a spell to take away Christmas. That's fucking bullshit. It's possible to do, man. Yeah. Oh, it can be done? Yeah. Spellsofmagic.com. Casting instructions for the future Futurum spell. Oh, shit. Light a candle, then light Jasmine and wave it around as you say this. Grant me the power. Don't say it. To I mean, see the future and. Or if. So that's how you would get. That's the future future spell. That's how you you skip time. Do you think it's dangerous? So I think she's probably growing jasmine. Telling baby nation. Oh, sorry. Can you redact? Can you just beep all that out? I mean, maybe we can we can blur out like the specific. It's so it's possible to skip time. To skip it, like to skip a moment in time. Right. I found that particular passage troubling because I've always thought of morbid destiny as having bigger plans than just canceling Christmas. Maybe she's well, Jack. I think you're. I think you're so, you're so short-sighted. Okay. Maybe something awful happens on Christmas. Oh. Maybe she's saving Karen's life. Maybe Karen. I don't understand why you're defending her. I like, just think I think there's more going on here, man. So in the in the little sister books, um, they have pictures, which is awesome because it means that it's fewer pages. Right. Like you get like you just get a whole page that that's a picture, and you just get to skip past it. And you don't yeah. have to read all of it. Yep. Um, did you see the picture of Morbid of Destiny? 
Yeah, she looked like a pretty pleasant <laughs> She old looked lady. like she was like 47. Yeah. <laughs> She's probably our age. She looked beautiful. So I went two ways on that. One way, and this is this is like not aging. This is what Anne Matthews Martin is doing that's so fucking brilliant. One way you could go is the Morbid of Destiny's not a witch, and Karen's just got an active imagination. And not fucking likely. And also, like this lady who seems old to Karen is actually just like a fucking only like 47 years old right you could go another way which and martin prepares you for which is morbid and destiny is a fucking witch when you look at her when you look at an image an icon of her right you see her the way she wants to be seen she's like two thousand years old right but what you see when we look at this fucking book and i'm like i'm getting like tingles thinking about this right Mm -hmm. now when we look at the book we can't see her the way that she actually is we see her the way she wants us to see her yeah these karen little sister books are so full of just deep lore and understanding about the witches and the dolls and may i say the bees yeah did you catch that yep i caught it Christy was still holding my hand. She made me smile. This is when Karen has just broken her wrist. Yep. What is the first thing that Christy does? She made me smile by singing a song about a baby bumblebee. Bumblebee, yeah. The first thing that Karen Brewer's sister does when, like, push comes to shove, there's a massive crisis. It's like time to just like act in the moment, let your mask slip and just be right. what you just are. just broken one of her mandibles. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Wrists. Yep. And what does Christy sing? She sings an old song as we all know, as we all would know if we were bees. Yeah. She sings a classic nursery rhyme about a baby, baby bumblebee. bumblebee. You know who doesn't sing nursery rhymes about baby bumblebees? Human people. Human people. Right. <laughs> you know who does Our probably families sing songs to each other in times of crisis about a baby bumblebee? A sentient bee. A sentient bee. Bee I'm theory s- rears its ugly head once again. <laughs> Here it is. There it is. Jack. Yeah. Did you mm-hmm. have a First degree burn. I certainly did, my friend. Here's what I got as my first degree burn. Seth. Yeah. First of all, fuck Seth. Seems cool. No, I'm not into it. Like, I don't know her mom. I don't know her mom. I don't like her. Yeah. Because she like got favorable custody, and we only get to see Karen every other weekend. She's the goddamn best. Fucking love Karen. Here's what Seth writes on Karen's cast at the end of the novel. You are too nice to be, also you and R and two and B. You are too nice to be for the number. The number gotten. Love Seth. As a stepfather, the idea of forgetting at all your stepdaughter. Your child. Right. Your fucking child. Like that shouldn't even enter into the conversation and he's like what he is saying by writing that on the cast is i was gonna forget you but it turns out you're kind of not i'm trying i'm trying so hard to forget you i'm trying to forget you i'm just trying to start a new life yeah with my new (laughs) yeah my new beautiful gorgeous wife and all i want to do is forget that she's had children from previous marriages yeah but you're too nice you're just too nice yeah 
What my burn of the week? Yeah. Okay. Karen broke her wrist. Mm-hmm. She's lazing about on the couch. It's not a burn of the week, by the way. People keep doing things for her because they feel bad for her. But as the day drags on, and she still insists on their sympathy, mm-hmm. people lose interest. Near dinner time, when I said, "Hey, Andrew, give me my coloring book," Andrew replied, "No, I'm busy." <laughs> David Michael, you get my coloring book. I ordered. Yeah. Get it yourself. He replied. You can walk. <laughs> That's good. Which I thought was good. It's yeah. like, yeah, she can walk. She just broke her wrist. That is good. She yeah. can go get a coloring book. And yeah. she does. She goes and gets it. Well, and Karen, like, there's something in, in the like in the water in the brewer fucking household. Because yeah. Karen's just being a regular Christie. She breaks her wrist and she starts like treating everybody like they're a fucking slave. Right. All right, man. Well We've got another segment that we need to get through. Hey, cool it. This is my uh, show. Fuck, I hate it. Um, Jack, we've got one more segment we need to get to in okay. this Little Sister Little episode. It's a segment called The Little Sniffle. <laughs> little Sniffle. Was there a moment in here that, you know, kind of caught you off guard and you thought, oh, oh. This, is, this is touching me emotionally? I'm not crying, but... Kind of touched me emotionally? Maybe I had a little moment where I was like... Oh, got a got a sniffle a little bit because uh, this this touched me in a s- small way emotionally. Right. What was yours? Here's mine. Right when Karen breaks her wrist, Andrew, who is fucking useless in general, rises to the occasion, runs into the house to get his parents to come and call the ambulance. Yep. In that moment, Shannon, her dog, puts her paws on Karen's shoulders and licks the tears off of her face. Yeah. That at first made me feel like I was having a little sniffle. Uh-huh. And then I was like, maybe it's schadenfreude. And Shannon is not a fan of Karen Brewer. And it's just like enjoying licking those salty tears right off of her face. Right. But there's a brief moment where I was like, well, that's, that's cute. That's a lovely moment. She yeah. put her paws on her shoulders. She licks the tears off of her face. Yeah. That's it. It didn't make me cry. I didn't even... Honestly, it left me pretty cold. Yeah. But little sniffle. Everyone yeah. is signing Karen's cast, mm-hmm. and they're doing rude poems mm-hmm. and weird acrostics. Yeah, it's a, the most eclectic cast signing. Some of them are impossible to decipher, mm-hmm. but David Michael mm-hmm. Thomas signs Karen's cast. Right. And he just says, in a very straightforward way, get well soon, David Michael Thomas. Well, <laughs> and that's and my little sniffle. He's just, he's just like, you know what? All these other people are writing rude poems. Yeah. And he just says, get well soon. His one says, is the only genuine cast signing. Right. My favorite cast signing is Max from Next Door, Shannon Kilborn's brother, who just writes, hi from Max. Yeah, hi from Max. <laughs> <laughs> That was pretty good, too. That's also an, another little sniffle. That's a little sniffle. Max is just excited to be there. <laughs> yeah, he's just pleased to be there. He doesn't get quite what's going on. No. Jack Shepard, it was yeah. such a pleasure to be here with you tonight. Oh, he's oh he's getting out his phone. He's no, looking not, it up. I'm not getting out my phone. Do I'm you want to... Oh, I have a text from my uh, uh, wife. You know who would be good at saying what the next Little Sister book is? But to really quickly... You know who's on this, this podcast today? Is from my wife. the uh, host uh, of the hit podcast, The Babysitter's Club oh, Club, Jack Shepard. Um, uh, why don't we let Jack say... The next book we're going to be the, reading next be, week is going to be Little Sister, I number three, uh, Karen's, Karen's Worst Day. Day. Yeah. Yeah. We both knew that. We both had that knowledge. Yep. 
So, Jack Shepard, yeah. thank you so much for joining me here tonight at your apartment. Claudia's wearing a bra now, and the way she talks, you'd think boys had just been invented. Not our sign-off. I'm cutting all that. <laughs> In 86, Anna Martin wrote the first book of what became a so uh, just just to clear something up, because we got some some kind words from Baby Nation about it. Um, we know that the audio on the theme song was double speed. Mm-hmm. That's intentional. 